What's a life spring? Well, Jesus said, Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. See, it doesn't matter where you're at, and it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your age, your sex, or your station in life. Jesus asked one question. He said, who do you say that I am? LifeSpring is about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. I'm Steve Webb. I'm your host, and this is LifeSpring 109. People who are blind, they don't look with their eyes, they look with their hearts. Jesus, Jesus. open the eyes of my heart.
All right. Well, that's Daniel's widow with Open the Eyes of My Heart. Now, today we are going to do something very, very different. All the chat will be at the end of the show today. I know that your listening time is really valuable, so the housekeeping and the light stuff will be at the end of the show, okay? I'm going to try to do that for a while. Please let me know how you like the new format, okay? Email me at steve.lifespring at gmail.com or phone in a voicemail at 206-350-CALL. This is a celebrity endorsement from someone that you don't know. Of course you don't know me. The New York Times once called me the most famous person in New York that nobody knows. That's true. Go ahead, search it. But you know, to several hundred thousand people, I am known as that guitar man from Central Park. And I'm here to tell you that Earthlink is just about the best thing you can get on the internet these days. I mean, if, if you're anything like me and you hate junk mail, Earthlink's spam blocker alone is worth a high-speed connection that starts at $12.95 a month. It comes with free antivirus software, a firewall, and spyware blocker. Look, take the word of somebody that you don't know and you have no reason to trust. Get Earthlink. All right. That's Earthlink. And now got to talk about GoDaddy as well. Of course, GoDaddy is one of the great sponsors of the LifeSpring family of podcasts. And so I want to thank them for that. If you are looking to register a domain name, you can't get a better place than GoDaddy.com. LS1, LS2, and LS3, those are the uh, discount codes. Check them out at LifeSpringPodcast.com. All right, so let's get into the content right now. All right, we're continuing the mini-series on cults and non-Christian religions, okay? Now, first, let me say that I prefaced this podcast with the previous episode, number 108. So if you're just now coming in, go back and listen to 108 so you can get my kind of the groundwork that I laid for doing this, okay? Let me say also that um, I'm doing this at the request of some of you listeners. I've had questions dealing with various groups, so I think that perhaps there must be an interest in the topic. Next thing I want to say is that, now this is really important, my attitude toward people involved with these various groups is no different than the attitude I have to anyone involved in activities that I believe are contrary to the clear teaching of the Bible. To me, the Bible is the final authority. Okay, Above all, I know that God loves these people, that Jesus died for them, and I love them as the Holy Spirit works through me. All right. The last thing that Jesus said to the disciples was found in Matthew 28. At the very end of the book of Matthew, he said, Go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all that I've commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. You see, as a follower of Jesus, these are my orders. And since it was the very last instruction that he gave, I have to believe that it was the most important thing to him. Now, remember, too, that when asked about which the most important commandment is, Jesus said that the number one commandment on the list was to love God with everything that is in you. And then he quickly followed that up with number two, which is love your neighbor as yourself. He said that all of the law could be summed up in those two commandments. So as I talk about these groups, it is not with an attitude of mocking or scorn or hate or derision or anything else. 
I obvious, obviously am biased because I am a believer and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I believe that the Bible is the absolutely infallible, inspired word of God. And anything that is contrary to that is something that I have a difference with, okay? But that doesn't mean, that does not mean that I don't uh, love you if you disagree with what I'm saying or if you are doing something that is contrary to the Bible. As a matter of fact, the, the word says that God, even while we were yet sinners or even while we were yet separated from him, God died for us. That's love. That's commitment. That's paying the entire price. All right, so that's very, very important. Please don't think that I, I have anything against anybody in these other groups. All right, so. Now, the Bible says that we are involved in a very spiritual battle. This battle started before the earth was formed. Satan, whom I believe is a very real being, he led a rebellion against God, and that battle still rages. With the death and resurrection of Jesus, Satan lost, but the fighting for the souls of men and women will continue until Jesus returns. Satan knows that he is lost and that his days are numbered, but in the meantime, he wants to keep as many people as possible from the love and goodness of God. Now, he's got many, many methods of doing this. After all, he's had thousands of years to perfect his strategies, right? Well, one thing that Satan knows is that we are created as spiritual beings. He knows that there is a part of us that wants to know God. It's hardwired into us. That's why every civilization known to man has developed some sort of religious system. We instinctually know that there is a God, a supreme being, or a force greater than us, and we want to know him. Now, it is my opinion that Satan, knowing that he's lost, wants to do as much damage as possible before he is dispatched for good. He wants to hurt God. And I think that the only way that he can do that is by keeping the object of God's love from recognizing him and loving him and being able to spend eternity with him. What is that object of love? Well, it's you and it's me. Listen, God paid the supreme sacrifice in order to accomplish that, right? Well, God, in the form of Jesus Christ, was sacrificed, was put to an incredibly painful death so that his beloved could experience that love and acceptance from God. Listen, the last thing that Satan wants is for anyone to know the truth of what Jesus said. He said, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. And he said in John 14, 6, by the way, that was in Revelation chapter 3. In John 14, uh, chapter, John 14, verses 6 and 7, he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Satan doesn't want anybody to know that. Satan doesn't want anybody to, to know anything about Jesus. They don't want him to believe that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who paid the price. I believe that any religion that does not point to Jesus as the only way to know God is a tool invented by Satan. He lied to Adam and Eve in the garden 
to initiate that separation from God, and he continues to do so. And just as Adam and Eve were victims of Satan, deluded into believing his lies, so were the followers of every, every religion that would seek to lead people in any other direction but Jesus. Strong words? Yes, it is. But as I said, we are in a spiritual battle. Listen, Ephesians chapter 6 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This show, Life Spring number 109, is a week late. I'm not going to go into it right now, but if you want to hear about what happened this last week that kept me from putting this show out on time, I'm going to talk about it at the end of the show. Suffice it to say that I believe that Satan does not want this information out. He has succeeded in putting me off for a week, but that's it. Someone who will hear this information needs to hear it. Satan knows that, and he tried to keep me from putting it out. The fact that you are hearing this now shows that he has lost yet another skirmish in the battle. Now, if you're new to LifeSpring, if you're new to LifeSpring, you need to know that this is the most I have ever talked about Satan. I don't generally give him much thought. I don't worry about him because the Bible says that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Because I am a follower of Jesus, God, in the person of the Holy Spirit, is in me. So Satan doesn't worry me, really. But this discussion of false religion necessitates bringing him into the conversation because I believe he is the originator of every one of these religions. I promise to keep any further discussion of him to as close to zero as possible, okay? Deal? All right. So, let's talk about some of the cults and the non-Christian religions. I'm going to talk a little bit about each one that I bring up. But I won't deal extensively with any of them because I just don't want to take all the time necessary to do that. I'm going to have links on the show notes page at lifespringpodcast.com for you to do further reading if you want to. I'm going to talk about Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Scientology, Wicca, Islam, and Buddhism. And one of the most recent questions from a, from a listener dealt with uh, the Baha'i faith. And so that's where I'm going to start. Now, I'm not going to talk about all those different cults and religions on this show today. Today, I have only time to do Baha'ism, but I will get to those other ones. I promise. The Baha'i faith was, was founded in 1844 by Mirza Ali Muhammad, who declared himself the gate or Bab, spelled B-A-B, the gate of God a major manifestation of God, equal to the prophet Muhammad. So as you can see, Baha'i is loosely related to the Muslim religion, which we will discuss on a later show. Now, Muslim authorities believed that he was teaching heresies or lies, and they killed him in 1850, at which time his followers scattered. Before his death, the Bab named his successor, a man named Mirza Yahya, but Yahya, now I'm, I may be mispronouncing some of these names, and for that I apologize. Anyway, Yahya's half-brother, also a follower of Bob, proclaimed himself as Baha'u'llah, or the glory of God. Yahya strongly opposed this, and it appeared that both half-brothers were involved in assassination attempts. Those followers of Bob who had scattered at his death and then came to follow Bahu'ala became known as Baha'is. Evidently, Bahu'ala 
was a very charismatic leader, and he wrote more than 100 books of Baha'i scripture. After his death, more intrigue ensued in the passing on of leadership. You can read it on your own if you're interested. Now let's get to the beliefs. Let's get to what the Baha'i faith teaches. Baha'is believe that God is completely unknowable, that there is no way that any part of him can be understood, that he is absolutely transcendent, that while he is the creator of all that is, he is not the cause. He just emanates all that exists, and that he always has emanated creation. But that because of his transcendence, he is forever separated from his creation. Well, what does the Bible say about this? First, let's talk about whether or not God is completely unknowable. In Hebrews chapter 1, it says, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. All right, so if God spoke to us originally through the prophets and then came in the person of Jesus Christ and spoke, God wants to be known. In John chapter 14, Jesus says, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Does that sound like an unknowable God? Now, these are just two examples that teach that God wants to be known and that he reaches out to us to be known. There's many, many examples in the Word of God. Baha'is believe that there have been several manifestations of God who have lived on earth, but that they are not incarnations of God, just reflections of him. They believe that God is so transcendent that he cannot take on the body of a human. These manifestations have been... Abraham, Krishna, Moses, Zoroaster, Buddha, Christ, Muhammad, the Bab, and the Babu Allah. According to one list, that is. You see, Baha'is believe that each succeeding manifestation can supersede the teachings of the previous manifestation. Therefore, truth is relative and only true for one particular manifestation. So this list that I just gave you has at least two variations that have been published. Well, what does the Bible say about truth? It says lots, of course, but let me give you just two two scriptures. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I am the truth. And Malachi 3 verse 6 says, I, the Lord, do not change. So, truth does not change. Okay, back to the Baha'i beliefs. Manifestations are not saviors or messiahs in the sense that we know the word in Christianity. In Baha'i thought, the human soul is basically good, and we are separated from God by ignorance. All we need to do is to be properly trained. And if we don't get proper education in this life, We'll get another chance in the next. But in the book of Hebrews, New Testament, it says, Just as man is destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. So there is no 
next time around. We're not going to be reincarnated to have another chance. All right, since God is too transcendent to incarnate or to take human form, Jesus Christ was not an incarnation of God. He was just one teacher in a line of teachers. This, of course, according to Baha'i. Now, this teaching is in direct contradiction to John. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and that through, uh, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and and truth. So Jesus was with God in the beginning. All things were made by him, and he is God. That's what all of that said there. He came to the earth and he lived among men as a man, retaining his divinity. He was the God man. Now, we have to talk about the resurrection. Baha'is have symbolized and spiritualized the resurrection of Jesus. Among other things that they teach this about, about this very real event, Baha'ism teaches that the raising of the body of Christ was actually just the coming to life of Christ's teachings in the disciples and the rest, restoration of their beliefs and conviction. Now listen, this is a critical Baha'i concept because a physical resurrection would elevate Jesus above the other manifestations by virtue of his victory over death. And so they cannot, they cannot believe that Jesus actually was risen from the dead. All right, in reference to the resurrection, I'll be brief. If you want to dig into this, I really encourage you to do that. There's a tremendous amount of evidence to, to support the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. One piece of evidence is that there were more than 500 witnesses who saw Jesus alive after the resurrection. In the New Testament book of the first uh, uh, first Corinthians, it says, After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. That was written by Paul within 100 years of the death of Christ. So there were still eyewitnesses. I could go on and on about the resurrection. Go ahead, Google it. When you do a thorough study, if you're not now convinced of the reality of Jesus' resurrection, I think you will be after your study. So, this has been a very, very short look at the Baha'i faith. If you have more interest, or if you know someone who's in this belief system, I have links at lifespringpodcast.com.
called The Three Trees. This was submitted to me by my good friend Steve Gray. Once there were three trees on a hill in the woods. They were discussing their hopes and dreams when the first tree said, Someday I hope to be a treasure chest. I would be filled with gold, silver, and precious gems. I would be decorated with intricate carving and everyone would see the beauty. Then the second tree said, Someday I will be a mighty ship. I will take kings and queens across the waters and sail to the corners of the world. Everyone will feel safe in me because of the strength of my hull. Finally, the third tree says, I want to grow to be the tallest and straightest tree in the forest. People will see me on top of the hill and look up into my branches and think of all the heavens and God and how close to them I am reaching. I will be the greatest tree of all time and people will always remember me. 
After a few years of praying that their dreams would come true, a group of woodsmen came upon the trees. When one came to the first tree, he said, This looks like a strong tree. I think I should be able to sell the wood to a carpenter. And he began cutting it down. The tree was happy because he knew that the carpenter would make him into a treasure chest. At the second tree, the woodsman said, This looks like a strong tree. I should be able to sell it to the shipyard. The second tree was happy because he knew he was on his way to becoming a mighty ship. When the woodsman came to the third tree, the tree was frightened because he knew that if they cut him down, his dreams would not come true. One of the woodsmen said, I don't need anything special from my tree. I'll take this one. And he cut it down. When the first tree arrived at the carpenter, he was made into a feed box for animals. He was then placed in a barn and filled with hay. This was not at all what he had prayed for. The second tree was cut and made into a small fishing boat. His dreams of being a mighty ship and carrying kings had come to an end. The third tree was cut into large pieces and left alone in the dark. The years went by and the trees forgot about their dreams. Then one day, a man and a woman came to the barn. They gave birth and they placed the baby in the hay in the feed box that was made from the first tree. The man wished that he could have made a crib for the baby, but this manger would have to do. The tree could feel the importance of this event and knew that it had held the greatest treasure of all time. Years later, a group of men got in the fishing boat made from the second tree. One of them was tired and went to sleep. While they were out on the water, a great storm arose, and the tree didn't think it was strong enough to keep the men safe. The men woke the sleeping man, and he stood and said, Peace, and the storm stopped. At this time, the tree knew that it had carried the king of kings in its boat. Finally, someone came and got the third tree. It was carried through the streets. As the people mocked the man who was carrying it. When they came to a stop, the man was nailed to the tree and raised in the air to die at the top of a hill. When Sunday came, the tree came to realize that it was strong enough to stand at the top of the hill and be as close to God as was possible because Jesus had been crucified on it. The moral of this story is that when things don't seem to be going your way, always know that God has a plan for you. If you place your trust in Him, God will give you great gifts. Each of the trees got what they wanted, just not in the way that they had imagined. We don't always know what God's plans are for us. We just know that His ways are not our ways, but His ways are always best. So let me tell you about the week. 
All right. Well, where should I start? Last week, as I was putting the show together, my sons needed work, uh, needed to do work on their computers. Both Stephen and Timothy have their own computers. And without going into all the details, Monday was devoted to <laughs> wiping and reinstalling the hard drives on both of their computers. One of the computers I had to do twice. Now, I don't know when the last time was that you wiped your hard drive, but you know, you don't just install Windows and then you're good to go. Because the Windows disks that I had were Windows before Service Pack 2. So there's like 100 million updates you have to uh, install. Not to mention drivers and, uh, I mean, just on and on and on. So that was part of Monday. Uh, let's see. Um, actually, that probably took up most of Monday. Then, you know, when you combine having to actually have a life and uh, a kids and a wife and, and work and the business and everything else, um, the show didn't happen Monday. Now, I told you earlier that I really believe that this is a spiritual thing. I really do. I really believe that um, that the enemy just flat doesn't doesn't want this show out. But that was Monday. And then during the week, I was able to get some of the shorter shows out. I got, uh, uh, you know, uh, Hymn Stories out. I got In Touch out. Uh, Friday, I believe it was, I put Leanne's uh, Your Wedding Your Way show out. Now, Saturday, early morning, I was going to do the weekend music show. I normally put that up on Friday night late. But Stephen's band had their debut real live concert a few weeks ago. They had a concert at church, but this was their first, you know, like real gig at a, at a real venue. And so um, I, of course, had to go to that Friday night. So we did that. So when I got up Saturday morning to record the show, I was working on it, getting things together. And I got word that from my sister that my dad, who had gone to watch one of my sister's kids uh, play in a uh, football game, my dad collapsed in the stands and was taken to the hospital. So most of Saturday was uh, taken, you know, driving down and being with my dad in the hospital. As it turns out, um, he he's okay. I mean, I've told you before that, that he's getting old and uh, he's uh, just kind of wearing out, all right? And he wasn't taking his medications like he was supposed to, and he'd become dehydrated, and his blood sugar was way off, and that's why he, he collapsed. So, you know, once they got some things into him, he was better, and they sent him home that day. But that was Saturday. Also Saturday, um, Steve O'Brien's show took a lot of time and attention. When I wasn't um, <laughs> at the hospital, I was putting together... Steve O'Brien's show, uh, A Wing and a Prayer, also, of course, one of the Life Spring Podcast family. He's in Djibouti, Africa, and the internet connectivity there is really bad, and we've gone through all kinds of uh, gyrations to try and make it so that we could get the files to me. Well, we got them to, to me finally, but it, his show that ended up being like 18 minutes, they they had to send it to me in three different parts. And so I had to edit the parts together and then bring the music in and everything else and do the show notes and yada, yada, yada. So uh, anyway, that's that's what's going on. And then now today, it's early 
for the time that I normally record the LifeSpring podcast. It's only as I'm looking down at my clock right now, it's 5.25 p.m. But I've been working on this since 8 o'clock this morning, eh, probably 7.30. And there's been iTunes problems. Uh, The iTunes problems started like Friday. I don't know how many of you are subscribed through iTunes. There's There's a bunch of you. And uh, I don't even know if you're going to get this show, to tell you the truth, because iTunes keeps keeps throwing errors. And I have looked in every corner that I could think of. I haven't done anything to the feeds, but just all of a sudden, it's not happening. So hopefully, those of you that are having iTunes problems will go to the website and just download it directly there. And hopefully, that's how you've gotten it. I was uh, on the phone today for quite a long time with GoDaddy, where the RSS feeds are um, located, and they say that there are no problems on their end. Um, I put an email into uh, iTunes, but who knows if I'll ever hear from those guys, because Apple doesn't talk to podcasters. Apple, if you're listening, hey, talk to me. Um, I've had... uh, Lots of you write and say, hey, Steve, what's going on? And I've you know written you back, and I appreciate your concern, and I appreciate your asking. But I know that there's probably a lot of people that are just thinking, well, you know, LifeSpring has gone away. And uh, that, that bothers me to no end. When I look at the traffic for the, the uh, site, it's half of what it should be right now. There's just a precipitous drop-off last week at the end of the week. I don't know what I can do to fix it. I talked to Rob Walsh by way of email back and forth today. Rob Walsh with Podcast 411, and he's uh, gave me you know some ideas, but uh, you know it still isn't fixed. And I want to thank Rob for taking the time. I talked to uh, my guy at Pod Show, and and uh, he wasn't in any more help than Rob was. You know, very willing to take time, but uh, I just don't know. I'm I'm totally completely at a loss at this particular point in time. I don't obviously want to change the feeds. I can't do that. So I got to figure something out. If anybody has any ideas, I am willing to listen. So, you know, all of this because I really believe, like I said earlier, that that, uh, the enemy just flat doesn't want this stuff getting out. He doesn't want people hearing about um, the lies that he's telling through the cults and the non-Christian religion. So that's that's the way it is. So other than that, things are just peachy keen. Uh, the kids are doing well. Stephen is doing well in school. Timothy's doing well in school. Although, you know what? Timothy wrote a uh, an essay that, uh, well, the teacher in, in grading his paper said, you shouldn't use the Bible as, as a source. And so I wrote an email back saying, hey, wait a minute. You didn't say that he couldn't. And uh, his worldview is shaped by the Bible. And just because you don't, you know, have the same worldview doesn't mean that you can mark him down. He uh, lived up to the qualifications for this particular essay, and so we've got a problem here. So, you know, we got that going. Well, let's see what else. Uh, let's see, my dog. My dog? <laughs> I'll, I'll stop there. Let's see, I've gone on, uh, let me see, almost 40 minutes, and I'm hoping that I can uh, edit some of this out, and uh, you'll have a, a decent show. And so with that, I'll say thank you for listening. This has been the LifeSpring Podcast. My name is Steve Webb. I'm your host, and I'm so glad that you listen to the show. Please check out all the other shows at LifespringPodcast.com. Feel free to email me at steve.lifespring at gmail.com or call in a voice comment even better at 206-350-CALL. Until then, I'm Steve Webb. God bless you. This has been an In Touch Productions podcast.